Hey friends, welcome to uh, my weekly podcast. This is Pastor Josh with Thinking Rightly About God. Uh, I want to finish our Philippians study, so Philippians chapter 4. If you want to pull out your Bibles and we'll get started. But first, a uh, word of prayer. Um, dearly Father, we just thank you for your, your love. We thank you for your peace and your mercy that you pour out upon us. Father God, we just thank you for today. Lord, we just pray that your spirit be with us to lead us and guide us. Uh, to pursue us uh, passionately, that we can, in return, pursue you with a passionate love. Lord, uh, bless this time together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, as Paul ends uh, his letter, um, you know, as we know, Paul didn't put chapters or verses, but this is a a, a, a letter to the church in Philippi, where he is um, now really trying to uh, bring a last bit of encouragement, and it's really a thank you. And so, as he has just reminded us that we are not citizens of earth, but citizens of heaven, uh, that he, um, you know, wants to encourage them to uh, stand firm in the Lord. Verse one. It, it's this. It's there. There is a for what as he thinks of them. Uh, he says that you are my joy and my crown. There, there's some bit of reward that this church has been over the years uh, through from the beginning of his ministry to now, that they continue to think of him, they continue to send money to him, that they continue to pray for him, and he is just uh, overwhelmed uh, by who they are. And his final, in a sentence, if you will, encouragement is to stand firm Thus in the Lord, it's it's to to hold fast to the truth. It's to know this faith, to have your feet planted on solid ground, to build your house upon the rock. However, you want to take that analogy, but it is to uh, do not budge, do not fall, do not falter, do not waver, but stand in this truth. And, and as he shifts, there there comes this. Uh, uh, I entreat Euodia and Estestai. I don't think I said her name right, but these were two women in the church, uh, and they actually had a bit of a falling out of each other. They somehow uh, didn't agree about something. Paul doesn't make mention of what it is, but his encouragement to entreat is to uh, draw them near, to have them come together, because he says this, uh, I ask you also, my true companions, help these women who have labored uh, side by side with me uh, in the gospel together with Clement and and there was there was something uh, that at a point in time when Paul was in Philippi that these women uh, were working with Paul uh, in the ministry to share the gospel to uh, build this church and something has happened between them and he just knows uh, that that God would want them to be uh, reconciled with one another. And from there he goes, yeah, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And this is always something that we've struggled with as human beings is a concept of suffering. Life is hard. It's full of hang-ups. It, it's got uh, sudden twists and turns. We we are suddenly faced with uh, a disease like cancer uh, We uh, or a heart attack. We have a loved one who is uh, no longer in love. The uh, parents divorce or a spouse leaves or a child uh, becomes rebellious. And uh, ultimately, Paul's call for all of us is to rejoice in the Lord. It, it's not about rejoicing in, in the suffering itself. It's not about going, oh, wow, this is terribly painful. Thanks, God. But it's a 
looking back to Jesus, going back to what he said, stand firm thus in the Lord. It's it's there's a rejoicing in the Lord that yes, this is hard and yes, this is painful, um, but my help comes from the Lord. And rejoicing in that, and thus again, I say rejoice. Uh, let your reasonableness be known to all. The Lord is at hand. It's 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 living in a way that's reasonable. It's it's being responsible with your resources. It's being uh, rational about the day to day. Not getting overwhelmed with the troubles, and not being so forward minded that you don't do anything. But to just be reasonable. To let the world see you. Uh, as you are processing, as you're suffering, as you're going through your life in a way that is reasonable. In these great words, do not be anxious about anything. It rings true of what Jesus tells us in Matthew 6, that do not be anxious for today, for today has enough troubles of its own. Uh, but Jesus' words are, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And so Paul, in the same, in the same resound, that everything in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So so when we uh, continue to seek the kingdom of God, as we pray, as we uh, tell God what's going on while he is aware, um, he wants us to vocalize. You know, I think there's three things we remember when we're praying. Number one, we have to pray for our relationship with Jesus. I think it's so important that we take time to pray to God and ask him to strengthen the relationship we have uh, through the Holy Spirit with Jesus, that that we are falling more in love with him, and, and and that's our first priority. Second is then our family. We are praying for our spouse. We are praying for our parents. We are praying for our children. We are praying for our siblings in a way that they themselves are growing in a relationship with Jesus. And then we want to pray for others. We want to pray for other people who we know, whether they're colleagues or classmates, uh, whether they be people across the street or around the world that we're praying for people that they too can have a relationship with Jesus. And when we take this focus to prayer, that we take time to begin to uh, start with our relationship with Jesus first and then to the relationship of others who are our family and then those others who might be strangers. And then we come back uh, with an attitude saying, God, this is what I need. Uh, I think it would change the way we pray. I think if we uh, began to think about the people who are in Haiti or Puerto Rico uh, right now where there's people who are facing uh, continued suffering, there's there's people in the Philippines and China and Southeast Asia that are under persecution and hardships. Uh, there's uh, areas in the continent of Africa like in Sudan or Somalia or Nigeria where there's violence between the Muslims and the Christians or uh, the Middle East where there's constant tensions when we pray for them and we think uh, think of where they are and, and and then we return to where we are and offering supplications and prayers for us, um, I think it changes our perspective. I think we can uh, pray with more ease uh, in what we're asking for. And then from these prayers come a peace, a peace that comes from God. Jesus says in uh, John fourteen twenty seven, For my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, but I give to thee. Uh, the concept that God, uh, that Jesus doesn't give in a way that if you do this for me, I'll do it for you. But Jesus really offers us something in a way that is is pure and, and it's free. And we should uh, rest in that. And from that peace that we, um, that we receive, while we do not understand it, 
it guards us. It protects our mind and our heart in Christ Jesus. It's this, Again, this is the theme of Paul's letter of being in Christ, being in Jesus, and Jesus being in you. And, and this is where we have, to, as Christians, where we have to keep coming back to how am I in Christ and Christ is in me? How is this working? How am I growing? How am I loving in such a way that uh, I can have peace? And no matter whether you've lost your job, your house burnt down, your spouse just died, you just came across a, a poor diagnosis, you know, all, all the things around you are crumbling, but you have Jesus. Your, your eyes are fixed on the cross. Uh, Isaiah 26, 3 says, For you give him perf- perfect peace, uh, for his eyes are fixed on you, because he trusts in you. Peace and trust have a lot to do with one another. So I urge you, brothers and sisters, to trust God. He's got you. Uh, and then finally, brothers, whatever's true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, uh, if there is anything excellent, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Uh, in modern psychology, we, we refer to a term called CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. It literally means to change the way you think. Um, there And there it is in 4.8. It's thinking on the true things, the honorable things, the just things, the pure things, the lovely things, the commendable things. If you find yourself caught up in anxious ways that you find yourself going down rabbit trails of anxiety or fear, uh, depression or doubt, um, are you thinking of the things that are good? Are you thinking of the, thinking of the things of God that, that are really worthy of praise? Uh, and if you find yourself going down the wrong path, the likelihood is you're not thinking about the good things. And my encouragement, Paul's encouragement, Jesus' encouragement, think on the good things. Um, for what we have learned, we've received and heard and seen in me, right? And that means he, Paul has practiced all these things, all the things above that he's listed probably from the beginning, that he's praying and concerning and, and pleading with God. Paul had plenty of opportunities to be anxious, um, shipwrecked and imprisoned and in jail, and he was even stoned. I mean, he literally uh, was stoned to the point where the people thought he was dead, and he and he survived. And um, that's how the peace of God will be with you. And that's that's what he knows, and and that's why he's sharing this with the church in Philippi that he has experienced the peace of God firsthand, and he wants to share it with them. Um, and then he changes a little bit of his tune. I rejoice in the Lord greatly. And now at length you have received, revived your concern for me. Uh, he's just saying, you know, it's I, it's been a little while since we've talked, but I I, I received your first let this letter and, and money, which we'll get to in a minute. Uh, and and I, he says, I want to just thank you that you've been thinking of me, and and I and it's a wonderful thing. And and then this is a beautiful part that we all can learn, and, and I'm still learning, um, but it's verse 11. And I've learned in whatever situation I am in to be content. Contentment is really next to godliness. It, it is to know that Christ is our sufficiency, that it is in him that we have all that we need. So whether, as Paul writes, uh, being low or how to abound, um, whether I've uh, the I've learned the secret of facing plenty and in hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And that's how this verse should be applied, uh, that I can do all things, meaning I can have plenty or I can be hungry. I can have an abundance or I can be in a need because Christ, him, has strengthened me. Christ is my strength in every situation. And thus I can be content. Uh, I don't need that new thing or that thing that someone else has. It's it's the se- contentment is the secret to complacency, 
It is a cure for covetousness. Uh, it's If you're in a marriage and you feel like there's something better or someone better, uh, if you're at a job and you just seem that it's not going very far, or if you're in a place in life where you just don't feel satisfied, the secret to finding contentment in life is being strengthened by Jesus. And that's, that is the might be the most important part of the book of Philippians, is again, being in Christ. It is to learn how to face every situation with this attitude of contentment, which comes through and expressed by an attitude of rejoicing. That when you face terrible things, that you can rejoice in the Lord because he is your strength, from verse 4 to verse 13. Uh, and then he just says, thank you. It was very kind of you to share in my troubles. Um, and, and thus, you know, you, as Paul says in verse 15, Philippians, uh, you have know that from the beginning of the gospel, so since he got into the ministry in Macedonia, that no other church was supporting financially. He actually was working as a tent maker, and they came and helped him uh, with money. They helped him get uh, through Thessalonica twice. They gave him money and, and as they were moving forward. And then verse 18, um, I have received full payment and more, right? And, and then Euphoridus, um, Epiphoridus, uh, who we spoke of earlier, who was sick and went through a whole lot to get to Paul, uh, brought a gift and he's saying thank you. And, he, and this is just a blessing uh, that when we invest in God's ministry, in, in true ministry, uh, that God will, verse 19, God will meet uh, every need. Uh, not, not every want, but he will meet our needs and out of the riches, riches in the glory of Christ. And, and this is just how we have to, to think, that um, when we are investing in the kingdom of God, whether that is uh, sending Bibles, uh, to people who can read or maybe cannot read through audio Bibles, if we're sending a, a humanitarian aid like generators and bottles of water and food and, and diapers and, and, and such to people who are in physical need, if we're sending money to, to get people moving um, to where that there is a gospel need, God is going to bless you for it. Uh, it may not always come back in the form of a paycheck, but truly, as as Paul said up above, that Jesus is the secret of every situation and finding that contentment. And then he says, To God our Father, uh, be glory forever and ever. Amen. And let us just agree that, that, that God be glorified in whatever we do, however we serve in the kingdom. And that's our my encouragement to you through this study is that you can uh, serve God with your whole heart, with your whole mind and all your strength, and just rest in the peace of God. And as he sends the salutation that he and all the brothers that are with him, so that they could be any number of people. And then all the saints greet you, especially those in Caesar's house. These were the least likely to be Christians um, are saying hello. And so that's, um, so never lose hope. You know, I think sometimes we can get to the end of a book and kind of glance over the last few words, but Caesar's house was a big deal to think that, um, the, the man who would eventually kill Paul, his household, whether it, that meant his wife or his children or at least the servants and guards in his house, we know, have come to faith. So don't give up on those who seem the furthest away from God and the most in the world. And then may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. And, and that's my prayer for you. 
um, that you will experience God's grace today in an authentic way, that you'll know his love up close, face-to-face, firsthand. In Jesus' name, amen. So let us pray as we close. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for the study. I thank you for this this letter that is packed full of goodness. I pray that we continue to read it again, that we go through it uh, with a fine-tooth comb and we find uh, the strength we need to be content, that we can rest in your grace, that we can rejoice in every situation, and that we will know that you are reaching out to the utmost, to those who are furthest from you, those who are in the world and seem unreachable, but you have uh, or you are making a way. And I pray that we are part of that way, that we can be witnesses and light into the darkness. Lord, and ultimately let your grace be with us. Not that you just poured out a, a hall pass, but a, a, a work that does a renewal of our heart and mind. And we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.